Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is the Detroiter, the premier outlet for sports coverage in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, presented by The Second String. Big show today. It is finally the week has come. College football is back. Week zero this past weekend, there were a few games, Nebraska, Illinois. Um, but this is the full, the first full slate, and more importantly, this is the first week we're going to see my Michigan State Spartans in action. Year two, year one, year 1.5, whatever you want to call it, for Mel Tucker, it's it's big time. This is where we start to see the wheels turn for Mel Tucker for Michigan State. This is the most excited I've been personally for an MSU football season since the, the college football playoff year. Maybe the year after they went to the college football playoff. Obviously, Connor Cook didn't come back, but they had a lot of returning starters, big recruiting class. You could argue that 2016 year – it was kind of a, hey, if they can figure out the quarterback, this team should be real good once again. We didn't know how that went. Not great. Really bad, actually. Very fucking bad. But this is the most excited I've been in a long, long time for MSU football. I can't wait. I'm I'm so excited that college football in general is back. There is nothing, nothing quite like being able to wake up on a Saturday morning, throw on some college game day, and from noon until the time you go to bed, there are 20-year-old kids bashing their heads into each other. It's a beautiful time of year. Football is my favorite sport. I've said it on here before. I'll say it a thousand more times in the future, I'm sure. But I can't wait. I cannot wait. Michigan's back as well. Won't talk about them much today. I mean, I don't, you know, it's tough. I want to do the Michigan-Michigan State thing, but to some level, right? I don't, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of Michigan. I don't know their roster moves like I know Michigan State. And to be quite frank, I don't care. I, I know Michigan will be all right. Like they're not going to go three and nine or whatever. I don't think they will be going 10 and two, 10 and three. I think they're probably seven, eight, nine, one team. I think nine is probably like, hey, Jim Harbaugh did as best as he pro- he possibly could have with, with what he's got. Um, seven wins. You look at the lower end of the spectrum for U of M. I think people start to ask some questions. They have been asking questions. You look at the state of U of M. You look at Jim Harbaugh has been there for six years. He hasn't beaten Ohio State. He's three and three against Michigan State, including a loss at home against a Michigan State team. That was what, 24 point underdogs, a team that nobody thought had any business even being in that game, let alone beating them. For God's sake, God bless his his whole or his whole his heart. God bless his heart. We had Rocky Lombardi starting that game. We had Rocky Lombardi starting that game. Mel Tucker in his first year, year zero, coming off, what, two months of practice, if that, right in the heat of COVID. He can't meet with his team. The offense, I can't imagine, was everything Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson wanted to do. And they went in there and they dominated Michigan, right? And then throughout the rest of the season, Michigan underachieved. They didn't win a a game at home for the first time since like World War I or something just absurd. I don't know. Are you excited? Is there a lot of energetic excitement around U of M? I don't see it. I think most of the people in my life that are Michigan fans, it's kind of like, let's tread water. Let's see if Harbaugh can give us a flash, give us something to you know point to and say, all right, well, let's keep him around. Let's see. You know, he still is Jim Harbaugh. He hopefully is the guy we thought he was when we brought him in. I don't know. I think his tenure's wearing thin. I think if they do finish 
on the lower end of the spectrum this year, six, seven wins. I'd be surprised to see Jim Harbaugh back in Ann Arbor because, you know, I do hear the argument and I agree to be honest with the argument where it's like people want to get rid of him, but who else are you going to get? Yeah, it's a problem. He can't beat Ohio state. Yeah. It's a problem that he's trading blows with MSU. Yeah. It's a problem that he's due. He's good for a loss against like Indiana or Iowa or someone else kind of random that he probably should beat. Yeah. Those are all issues, but who are you going to get? I mean, he still is recruiting. Well, He's not Ohio State. Nobody recruits like Ohio State except Alabama and Clemson. He recruits well. Um, they beat the bad teams. There's nothing that screams Michigan football more than smashing teams like Rutgers and Maryland and then losing to everybody else of note. It's it's a lot of a lot of feels of like the grass is always greener. Be careful what you wish for when you start talking about getting rid of Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor because you don't want to go back to the Brady Hoke days. You do not want to go back to the Rich Rod era. You fire Harbaugh, a guy who's shown he can recruit, a guy who, you know, if if his worst season, obviously last year was shortened, so whatever, we can throw it out. And his if his worst season's going to be an 8-5 and five team, that's tough to complain about. There are a lot of fucking schools in the country that would pay big money for their bad seasons to be eight and five Michigan state, one of those schools, a bad season, a bad season, eight and five. All right. So the good ones are what? 10 wins, 11 wins. And Harbaugh has been there. Can't get over the Ohio state hurdle, which in turn is why he hasn't been to Indy. Hasn't totally won over the affections. Well, it hasn't won the affections of Michigan fans, but it is what it is. Obviously, Michigan's got a little bit of an interesting scenario. They got Cade McNamara returning. He took over from Milton at the end of last year and seemed to play pretty well. They have J.J. McCarthy, the stud, the uh, the seventh prince that was promised in the Harbaugh era. I mean, how many times have we heard, especially being MSU fans, you go on the internet, you read the articles, you listen to fucking Joel Klatt and, those, and Harbaugh's cronies on television talk about his team and what he's doing. And all you hear is, oh, oh, Jim Harbaugh's finally got his guy. Oh, Shea Patterson, he's finally got his guy. Dylan McCaffrey, Harbaugh's got his guy. Brandon Peters, man, this kid's a stud. Harbaugh's got his guy. Name after name after name. They come, they go. You barely hear from most of them. Joe Milton, last year, there are articles. This guy's going to win the Heisman. We Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's got his guy. Joe Milton's Cam Newton mixed with Tim Tebow mixed with Trevor Lawrence. Kid's going to be unbelievable. Jim Harbaugh, the quarterback whisperer, there's no way this could go wrong, is there? And we saw what happened with that. Now Joe Milton's at Tennessee giving pot or not podcast, giving quotes like, oh man, it's fun to play football and enjoy it again. Ooh, ooh, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Michigan fan. You don't want to hear whether you hate Milton, whether, you know, maybe he wasn't great, whatever you feel about Joe Milton. I don't think you ever want to hear your former starting quarterback transfer to somewhere else and and in training camp give quotes like, hey, it's fun. I like that it's fun to play football again. I, I'm happy here. I wasn't happy playing football before. You never want to hear that. Yeah, Joe Milton's dead and gone as far as Michigan's concerned. High school recruits hear that. I'm a top I'm a top tier quarterback. Jim Harbaugh comes calling. I see Joe Milton talking about, oh man, it's fun at Tennessee. It wasn't fun in Michigan. I don't really want to play college football somewhere that it's not fun, right? Michigan's calling. Yeah, odds are they're a big-time school. Penn State's probably calling. Ohio State, Notre Dame. 
I don't hear people saying those places aren't fun. I hear people saying Michigan's not fun, right? So you got the backlash from things like that. I don't have a ton on Michigan. Like I said, I don't really, I off the top of my head, I don't know who their key departures were. I don't know who they're bringing in that maybe impact players. Obviously, every year they bring in, they bring in good recruiting classes. There's no doubting that. It remains to be seen if these kids will pan out, right? That's kind of been the whole thing with the Harbaugh era is, and Michigan, <laughs> Michigan really in general is counting the chickens before they hatch. Oh, this kid, four-star, he's going to be a stud. Oh, man, we just got this five-star. This dude might win a Heisman. He may win fucking two along with the Natties. Donovan Peoples-Jones, real good player. He's been good with the Browns in his young pro career. That kid was supposed to be a game-breaker. That kid was supposed to be the wide receiver to end all wide receivers. He got to Michigan. Yeah, he has the big play against MSU where he hits the bunion pose in the end zone. That's the one play. You say Donovan Peoples-Jones at U of M. That's kind of where it starts and ends. I don't have anything else where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that that's why you know this guy was so great. That's the Donovan Peoples-Jones play. It's that MSU play, and then that's it. This guy was a five-star generational best wideout in the country. Kind of had a eh, career at U of M. He goes to the Browns. They get him in the late rounds. Great pick. I wanted the Lions to pick him. He goes to the Browns. All of a sudden, hey, this Donovan Peoples-Jones guy, he's a freak athlete. This guy can play. What? Would, how did he not just run it up in college? How did he not dominate at the University of Michigan? And there's been plenty of other wideouts too. Tariq Black, Nico Collins, all of these guys, dudes, when they came in their freshman years, it's like, oh man, right? They're freshmen now. Just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. All of them, ones at Texas. Nico Collins, I don't know if he graduated or transferred. He never did anything. Donovan Peoples-Jones, pretty meh. Like, I think if you're Harbaugh, if you're a Michigan fan, what you're looking for this year, it's it's funny. It's similar to kind of what you wanted to see out of MSU last year as a state fan. Obviously, circumstances are different. Obviously, if Jim Harbaugh wins two games or three games or four games, that is an epic, epic failure, and things are going to have to change. But it's similar as far as this is kind of, it feels like a bit, little bit of a reset for the U of M program. On the outside looking in, obviously, I'm not a U of M fan, but from my perspective, this feels like a little bit of a reset year for Michigan. Like, hey, last year expectations were high. Last year, it's year six of Harbaugh. He's got all of his guys. He has the sixth or seventh, however many, quarterback that's supposed to be the guy. Joe Milton's got all the tools. He's got a rocket. He's big. He's physical. He's smart. He can run. Didn't work out. Dude was riding the bench by like week four or whatever it was. They're losing as 24-point dogs to state to a state team that got nothing but dragged by the media, by fans. You can't have that if you're Jim Harbaugh, and it happened. I think this year it's a gut check year for Harbaugh. I think anybody out there, and I don't think there are many people expecting U of M to win 10 games, to win 11. If you're coming into this year and it's like, oh, he he better make it to the Big Ten Championship, you're out of your mind. There's not a chance that that happens unless – Ebola runs through the Ohio State locker room. There's not a chance that that happens. It's similar to last year with MSU, where last year MSU, no one was saying, hey, let's, you know, Mel Tucker, change it up. Let's win some fucking games. No, it was, all right, Mel, like, let's see what you got. Let's instill your culture. 
Let's see how you get these guys up to play. You're going to be out-talented most weeks. That's where Michigan's got the advantage. Week in and week out for the most part, Michigan will have the better players at most positions. But Mel, it was, hey, you're going to be out-talented. Let's see how can you scheme. Northwestern, better team. They figured out a way. Michigan, on paper, better team. They figured out a way. How do you scheme? Do you get these guys ready to play? What's the style that they play with? Are these guys playing aggressive? Like, do they want to be there? Are they playing hard, right? I think that's kind of where Michigan is at. Harbaugh's been there for a while. He certainly is starting, if not has, rent out his wear with the fan base, with a lot of it at least. I think probably some of the players, especially the ones that have been there for three, four years now, I'm sure some of those guys, maybe not openly, maybe not publicly, probably not to the coaching staff, but those guys are hanging out at their apartment one day after practice. I'm sure some of those conversations are being had. The senior class, like, hey, remember when we came here? It was Harbaugh's third year or second year. And we were like, dude, we're going to let's go to Michigan and win a Big Ten championship. Let's go to Michigan. Let's play for Jim Harbaugh. He's going to get us right. We're going to do great things. Now, those guys, those same dudes haven't done shit. It's been four years. They haven't done shit. I'm sure those conversations are going around where they're kind of looking at each other like, dude, what? Like, what exactly happened here? This isn't, this wasn't part of the plan. We were supposed to go to Indy by now. It's been six years. We only, like, we're having trouble beating Michigan State. We haven't beaten Ohio State. We haven't even sniffed the Big Ten Championship. Like, what are, what's going on? I, I find it hard to believe that there isn't even a little bit of dissension. Not that, you know, those guys are out there saying, hey, going to the AD, hey, we got to get rid of Harbaugh. That's a little, you know, that's probably a little overboard. But I'd be surprised if there aren't a few guys looking around like, are we totally sure that this is the guy? Like, he's had six years. We've pr- we, we were promised the world. Are we totally sure? Look at Michigan State. Mel Tucker came in to a junior college football team. They beat us. They beat a top 10 Northwestern team. Harbaugh's at six. Harbaugh's recruiting to Michigan. Michigan State, obviously, I wouldn't say is on the same as far as like national brand recruiting-wise as Michigan. I think Mel Tucker will recruit. He's been recruiting. This class has been fucking great. He's I've talked I've talked at nauseum about how much I love Mel Tucker and the job he's doing on the recruiting trail. But it's like you look at Michigan and you look at the situation Harbaugh came into and he's had a lot of time now to mold to his liking. And it's kind of like they're going in the wrong direction. They're going in the wrong direction. When last year ended, Michigan kind of on the downslope and all of a sudden Michigan State going in to last year. I don't think the state of the program at MSU has been worse. I mean, confidence is low. There's not really much to point to as like, hey, well, this may this may be good. That may be good. It was like, this is, I mean, this is fucking rock bottom for Michigan State. Michigan State should never be at this level. Michigan State should never be penciled in as a bottom feeder. There are way too many resources. There are way too many people that care about Michigan State football, right? There's too much tradition. There has been a history, a recent history, of winning and knowing how to get the job done with D'Antonio. We should never be there. They were at polar opposites going into last year. All of a sudden, one calendar year later, and they've kind of flip-flopped. I don't think MSU fans have ever been higher 
certainly not since 2015 going into 2016. I don't think state fans have been higher, more excited for a season than this year, Mel Tucker year two. And on the flip side, Michigan fans, I don't think they've been less excited. I don't think Michigan fans have gone into a season with the attitude of, ooh, all right, well, let's see how this goes. I don't think Michigan fans have gone into a season like that since Harbaugh took over. I mean, since Harbaugh took over, it's, all right, year one, let's see what he can do. It's still Michigan. There's still players like Hoke. He couldn't win games. He could recruit. Like, you got people to work with. All right. And then from there, it's been let's win the Big Ten. All of a sudden, we're back at, all right, Jim, like, we got to win eight games this year. We got to win eight games. We're going in the wrong direction. If anything, we're getting further away from Ohio State, which by year six was never part of anybody's plan, you have to imagine. It's a real interesting spot this year for U of M football. Again, I don't think they're going to be terrible. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if they win fewer than seven games. But I'll tell you, if they only win seven, even if they win eight, I think there's going to be some real heat surrounding Jim Harbaugh. You saw at the end of last year, there was starting to be a little bit of heat around Harbaugh. People, people, you know, when they brought him in, it was four years from now. How many natties are we going to have? You had the bleacher reports. How many national titles will Jim Harbaugh bring to Michigan? Dog, he hasn't even been in the Indianapolis area code in six years. You can't have that. You can't have that, and you can't have year seven move in the wrong direction. You cannot have that. Because guess what? I know he's the Messiah. I know Michigan man. I know he can recruit. He went to the or won a Super Bowl in San Francisco. I get it. I know. I know. Who are you going to get to replace him? Yeah, I hear you. But at some point, it it doesn't work. At some point, if it's not working, it's not fucking working. I don't care if your name's Jim Harbaugh. I don't care if your name's Nick Saban, dude. If you're seven years in and you haven't even been to a conference championship game then at some point it's not working. That's just how I feel. Again, I don't want to get into Michigan. I don't want to like get into the roster. I don't know enough about it. I do want to talk, or I did want to talk a little bit just kind of about their season outlook. Like it's a very precarious time for U of M and their fans. I, it's funny. It is funny just how much it's flipped. The narratives between U of M and MSU, like from that game, from that game last year where MSU came to Ann Arbor, going into that game, U of M's riding high, Joe Milton. Oh, my God, we're going to fucking kill MSU. They're a dumpster fire. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, you guys just lost his 24-point underdogs. From that game, Michigan's been going on a downward trajectory, and MSU's been going up. Since that game, they beat a top-10 team, MSU. Mel Tucker starting to bring in recruits. He, he's been able to host recruits, I think, since June, either the beginning or the end of June, so two or three months. He's been allowed to have recruits on MSU's campus. This class he's about to turn in this year is going to be the best class we've had since that 2016 D'Antonio class. And he's been allowed to have recruits. out. He's been here for two years or what, a year and a half now? Three months, three months out of that time frame, he's been allowed to actually recruit. And he's going to turn in the best class we've had in five years. It's shocking. It's funny to me. I... It's wild just how much things have changed in the last year. 
Michigan fans. I don't know. I think you you gotta just be hoping for the team to show signs of life, like flashes goodness to point to. Similar to the Red Wings, similar, like I said, to state last year. Like just things moving in the right direction, guys playing hard, scheming better, like keeping it close against Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana. And if it doesn't happen, I think it might be all she wrote for Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. I don't know how how people can come out. If this year doesn't go well, I don't know how people can come out and defend them. And think about it. We've gotten to the point where this year going well, quote unquote, is going to be like a nine-win season. If Michigan goes nine and three, you're not going to the Big Ten Championship. You may finish certainly second. You still may be third in the Big Ten East, depending how Penn State pans out, Indiana. You go nine and three, that's a good season for for the circumstance. But it's like, if I told you when you hired Jim Harbaugh, year seven was going to be nine and three and another miss at Indy, I don't think anybody out there would have taken that. They would have said I was crazy. So it's like a rock in a hard place now. The bad season's obviously the bad season, and I think he's gone. But even a quote-unquote good season, nine and three, you don't go to Indy, you don't have a shot, you lose to Ohio State again you lose to Michigan State again if that happens. Even off of what would be considered good season, it's like you may have to just make some changes anyway. All right, quick break, and then we will get back, talk uh, MSU. I want to run through the schedule, talk about the quarterback position. (laughs) They've been teasing it out the wazoo with who's going to play quarterback this year at State. Mel Tucker. (laughs) Mel Tucker has been fucking hilarious about it. Just everyone asking him. He's like, "Ah, I don't feel comfortable. He just won't tell anyone a thing. We're not going to find out who's starting until Friday, the first fucking snap on Friday. I don't even know if we'll be able to tell who's starting from the warm-ups. We're going to get into the starting QB spot. We're going to get into just running through the schedule, the expectations for this year. Um, I can't wait, dude. I fucking love college football. I love Michigan State football. It's honestly one of my favorite reasons. This is probably a shit reason to decide, oh, you know what? I want to go to a Power 5 school. Oh, I want to go to a big-time athletic school. When you're a junior in high school making your college decision, that's probably a dog shit reason to be like, oh, I want to go to Michigan State because they're sports, like big sports school. Probably a dog shit reason, no doubt. But now that I'm graduated, I will tell you this. I am so happy I went to a big-time sports school. I am so happy that every fall I have a team to rally around to just sink my teeth into, to just be obsessed with for a few months. I'm so happy. I'd still watch college football if I went somewhere small. I'd still tune in every Saturday. I'd still be fired up. But, man, there is nothing quite like having your team, and it's all sports, NFL, NHL, whatever. There's nothing like having your team. MSU's back. I've been waiting for them to be back since the last fucking game ended. There's so much positive energy and just good stuff that seems like it's happening within the program. I can't wait. I can't wait. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll dive into MSU. Before we run down the schedule, I do kind of just want to set the stage, set the expectations, talk about what it is I expect and what it is I hope to see MSU do this year. I do think we're still in, for me, we're still in a phase like last year. Last year, Mel Tucker, like I said, came in in February, I think it was. COVID happened. They practiced like one fucking time. 
couldn't install everything defensively, offensively. But he, I'm sure he couldn't have installed a fucking ounce of what he wanted to do. Learning over Zoom, a lot tougher than learning in person. Explaining via the internet what you do when the left guard pulls and this guy goes here, a lot tougher than seeing it out on the field. Last year, I went in with the mindset, like I explained, they could go 0-8, I don't care. I just wanted to see how they played. I wanted to see them look passionate, look excited to be there, play hard, play tough, play physical. Um, And obviously, you know, I want them to win every game. It was impossible to expect that. The the fact Mel Tucker was playing with a, a short deck, a stacked deck, whatever the fucking expression is. He the cupboards were bare. Half of those guys that were on that roster transferred out this year. They were going to Mac schools, Conference USA schools. He was playing Big Ten competition with group of five players. That's a fact. There were a couple guys in there. Yes, Antoine Simmons was an absolute stud. Xavier Henderson's been a stud since he got here. I think he's going to be incredible this year. The wide receiving core, I think, was up to snuff. But everywhere else, for the most part, the quarterback play especially, just can't win games in the Big Ten with what they had. I was impressed. Obviously, them beating Michigan was awesome. Um, beating a top 10 Northwestern team. Awesome. Like you got the flashes. I've talked about this before talking about the Red Wings and their rebuild, talking about MSU. You want the flashes when you watch teams, you know, they're not going to do anything of significance. You know, it's going to be a bit of a long season. You watch and you hope for the flashes. You hope for a guy to point to like, all right, if this guy's like when he's around next year, we get some pieces around him. This is going to be, this will be dangerous. You look for Mel Tucker to out scheme a team. You look for Mel Tucker to kind of just dominate a team like Northwestern. Like there was no reason we should have won that game. Northwestern was running the ball all year. Northwestern was having no problems. Their defense was elite. We had Rocky Lombardi playing quarterback. We figured out a way to hang 21 on them and the defense stood on their head. Like you look for things like that where, yeah, you're not going to come out and play that well every week. You just won't, not with those players. But you look for, in spots, things like that to happen. You look for the flashes. You look for a game like Northwestern, like Michigan, to point to where it's like, oh, all right, like this dude knows what he's doing. This dude knows what he's doing. If he can pull this and that with, I hate to keep fucking dragging him. I'm sure he's a great guy, but like, like Rocky just wasn't it. Rocky just what you could tell. You could watch the guy throwing warmups. The year before when he took over for Lewerke when he was hurt, it was so apparent. Like this dude's he he's not a big time quarterback. You watch his throwing motion, it takes him four seconds to get the ball out of his hand. He's inaccurate. He didn't want to make reads. Like you just knew he wasn't a big time quarterback. You're gonna win games with him in there. It's that's when it's all right. We get some fucking players in here. This guy does what we brought him in to do, which is recruit, bring in top talent. He's shown he can win with much lesser talent. You get him some good talent. Now we're fucking cooking. Now we're cooking. And I think this year, certainly the expectations are raised. Like, oh, and 12 isn't going to cut it this year. Two and 10 isn't going to cut it this year. But at the same time, I'm not expecting them to win eight, nine, ten games. Like that would be they do any of that. They win eight games. I think that's a great season for MSU this year. I think what should be expected, kind of the bar for state this year, right around five hundred. Go six and six. No fewer than five wins. Go six and six. They do that. All right. We're building. 
Records getting better. We're improving. Again, you want to see some flashes. Peyton Thorne hopefully looks a little bit better. Some of these young guys, some of these transfers kind of fit right in, and it's like, uh uh-oh, we got some upgrades at linebacker. All of a sudden, the secondary is a lot better, right? The old line's got it figured out a bit more. They've actually got a year of practice where they can learn and work together, and Chris Kapilovich can get his hands on them and actually fucking coach, right? O-line, another position. A lot tougher to learn when you're doing whatever they had to do through Zoom as opposed to being out on the field where you can see the play happen. This year, certainly a lot of the same where it's most importantly, I do just want to see them play hard. I want to see them play physical. I want them to be able to tackle. Um, I I want them, even though, yeah, you're probably not going to beat Ohio State. Penn State's going to be a tough game. Miami's going to be a tough game. Like those games where you're probably not supposed to win. I want to come into those games. I want this team to look like they believe they can win. I certainly will be. We're going to run through the schedule. I'm going to pencil in some losses. Absolutely. But believe you me, going into those weeks, I'm still going to think, hey, we got Mel Tucker's our coach. We got some studs. We may not be Ohio State. We got some fucking ball players. I'm going to go into every week thinking, why not? I still feel like that already. Outside Ohio State, I mean, it would take a miracle for us to beat Ohio State. That's just, I mean, that's just the way it is. Outside of Ohio State, you look at the schedule, yeah, Miami's going to be a good team. Northwestern will be nice. Indiana, Penn State, Michigan will be decent. Outside of Ohio State, I don't see a game that it's, why not? Like, why wouldn't we be able to win that game? Why not? I think the team did show those signs we were looking for last year, like working hard, showing up every game, playing like they thought they could win every game. And the personnel has improved, I think, dramatically. I know a lot has been made of, oh, man, these 13 transfers. We got we cut a little bit of the fat off the, off the bone with guys like Rocky Lombardi. Some of these linebackers transfer – we cut a little bit of fat off the bone. At the same time, we brought in some fucking firepower through the transfer market. We brought in some decent recruits. Again, I don't know how many of those guys are going to play, but we saw some impact from true freshmen last year. Ricky White, true freshman, balled out against Michigan. I'm sure everybody remembers that. We'll get. Let's see if we can get a little bit of contribution. Mago Atete, I don't know how to say his name, the four-star linebacker that Mal flipped from USC on signing day. Like, Dude, why, that guy might just fucking step right in and be an improvement. Why not just get some reps? Why not get some reps, be better, all of a sudden, oh, the line, the defense was, you know, defense had their nights last year and they just got better. Sorry about that, folks. Had a quick break. Listen, emergency. Duty called. Duty called. Let's get our head out of the gutters. Let's act like adults. We've all been there. Let's move on. That's all you can do. Let's move on. So I believe, as I was saying, MSU's bringing in firepower this year. I know, th- I know the expectations aren't high, and believe me, the expectations from this end aren't high. Like I said, if they win eight games, I think that's maximum 100% fantastic, great success. I think that's as good as it gets. I think you say, ideally, how does year two go for Mel Tucker? Year one, whatever. It is his second year. How does year two go for Mel Tucker? You say, best case, eight and five. Eight and four in the regular season. I think that's an outstanding season if he can pull that off this year. And I'll tell you why. Same thing, eight and four, you're not going to Indy. 
right? You're, you're playing a bowl game. Fine. You're not going to win anything of significance. Nobody's throwing a parade for you going eight and four. I hear you loud and clear. I hear you loud and clear. I practically invented not throwing parades for eight and four college football teams. But all of a sudden, you're building. Year zero, no recruits, two and four. All right, he beat a top 10 team, beat Michigan. Next year, still kind of working with scraps. He did the best he could to bring in those 13 transfers. He said, hey, if I'm going to just solely rely on high school recruiting, we're going to be here three years until we get some fucking guys I want around here. He said, fuck that. We're treating this thing like the NBA free agency. They're just picking up the phone left and right. Hey, you're not happy at Florida? Come to Michigan State. You don't like it down there in Rocky Top, Tennessee? Come to Michigan State. You don't like it at Alabama? You don't like playing cornerback at Alabama? Come play cornerback in East Lansing. It's beautiful here. The fall colors are absolutely magnificent, Ronald Williams. Come on down. Come on down. Put your name in the Forp conversation. Stop sitting behind a top 10 overall draft pick. Come be the fucking man at Michigan State. Yeah, you may not win as many games. I'll tell you this. You're going to have just as much fun, if not more. I'll tell you that much. And you're going to play a lot more. Get your name in the NFL circles. Come on down to Michigan State. It's going to be great. I think if they go 8-4 and four in the regular season, that is as good as it gets. Anything beyond that, if they somehow win nine games, I don't even want to say it, but by the grace of God, if this team wins 10 games, it's that is coach of the year, no-brainer, Mel Tucker. That is, okay, now it's we are winning a Big Ten championship. Now the expectation has just become not when or will we win a Big Ten championship. I think he does something like that. Mel Tucker comes out this year, wins nine games, 10 games. The expectation becomes how many Big Ten championships are we winning? Again, don't think that will happen. Do not think that will happen. I think max the cap, the, the highest possible ceiling for this football team, I think is eight and four. I think that's they play every game to the best of their abilities. They probably get a few bounces along the way, get a few calls. I think the absolute ceiling is eight and four. And even then, it's like, yeah, we got the guy. Eight and four this year, there should be no doubt in your mind that he's the guy. You should be more fired up than you've ever been. I think six and six, though, is kind of what I'm looking at. Like, let's let's go 500. Let's make a bowl game. Let's go six and six, make a bowl game, win it, seven and six. Now we're building. Let's recruit again. Let's get those the best class we've had in the last five years. Let's bring those kids in. I'm sure Mel won't be shy once again in the transfer market. Hey, turn over this roster. I don't care who recruited you. I don't care if D'Antonio recruited you. You're not getting the job done. There's the door. We're going to bring someone in who can. We're not here running a charity at Michigan State. It's not fucking pay to play. It's not the rec league where little Jimmy with the rec specs needs to get a couple touches at running back. Uh Uh-uh. We're here to fucking win. We're here to put the best possible product on the field every single Saturday from September through December. That's what I'm about. That's what Mel Tucker's about. I think this team does go six and six. I think you got to be happy with six and six. And hey, even if they do underachieve a bit, let's say they go five and seven. Let's say they go four and eight. I don't think you can be too upset with that either. Now, I will say this. If they go worse than four and eight, they go three and uh, nine. They go two and ten. Eh, We probably got some problems there. I don't see a way in which that happens, though. I mean, think about it. They played six games last year. This team won two of them. And this roster is miles better than it was last year. That's the one thing I feel like MSU isn't getting enough credit for 
or when when people are talking about the Big Ten and by people, I mean the the national media, you see the Twitter polls, whatever the articles, people talking about the Big Ten, talking about MSU, everyone's got them pegged as a bottom feeder. We played six games last year, one, two of them, and the roster has gotten so much better at every single position group. You're telling me you play a full season, you double that, we're not going to win more than four games? Little math here. You extrapolate two and four, six-game season. You extrapolate that to a 12-game, and all of a sudden, that's four and eight. And I don't know how this team doesn't surpass what they did last year. I just don't see a world in which that's the case. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't. Think about it. The quarterback position, God bless him. I, I've been... I don't mean to hate, but it's just, it is what it is. Rocky Lombardi was not up to snuff. We're going to upgrade, whether it's Anthony Russo, whether it's Peyton Thorne. Personally, I'd like to see it be Peyton Thorne. We're not going to find out till Friday. Um, we'll do that in a second. But quarterback, Peyton Thorne, Anthony Russo, either or better than Rocky Lombardi. The running back room, Kenneth Walker brought in, Harold Joyner. Jordan Simmons, the freshman last year, was he was a guy when he, he touched the field, he ran the ball, you'd be like, damn. Who, who's this fucking guy? He's a freshman? He was an impact freshman last year. The wide receiving core, Jaden Reed, Jaden Naylor, I think they were maybe the only position group on this team last year that was you could look at them and put them against anyone in the Big Ten, like, hey, these guys are, these guys are the real fucking deal. I mean, they should only be better, faster, stronger, right? You add in a Trey Mosley. You add in a transfer. Tight ends. Malik Carr, four-star out of Oak Park. You bring him in. That should be an improvement. The offensive line, everybody's back. You think another year working together, another year learning the system. They bring in the big left tackle from uh, Arkansas State, Jared Horst. He was between Oklahoma and Michigan State. You're telling me Mel Tucker was like, yeah, no. You, you want to be in East Lansing. Oklahoma and Michigan State, a team that's in the college football playoff running. Their names are thrown around at the end of the season every single year. Mel Tucker convinced this kid to come to Michigan State, that'll fucking play. The O-line, no reason to not be better. Now we go to the defensive side of the ball. Brought in defensive end Drew Jordan, okay? Brought in um, um, Tank Brown, four-star. He's a sophomore now, four-star, highest recruit in Minnesota's class in 2019. He comes in. He's going to be on the defensive line. The defensive tackles all coming back. You see transformation pictures from some of these guys. Deshaun Mallory comes to mind. The guy... The guy looks like he looked like a high school football player last year that kind of just got by on being bigger than everyone else and stronger. The guy this year looks like he could lift a fucking 16-wheel truck if he had to. He looks like he could do just about anything. Like if there was a metal pipe, you said, here, Deshaun, here's this pipe of metalloid alloy steel. I need you to bend it with your bare hands. He looks like he could do it. He does. Okay, now we go to the linebacking core. Not one of the strongest suits last year. They had Antoine, and then, you know, it wasn't great. They had their moments, Chase Klein, Noah Harvey. Those guys come back. Obviously, um, what's his face? The one dude transferred out, Luke uh, Luke Fulton. Chase Klein's back. Noah Harvey's back. Again, same guys. Another year learning the system. Another year kind of acclimated to the college game, should only be stronger, should only be smarter, should only know the system better. And then we're going to bring in Ben Van Summeren from Michigan. Listen, 
I don't know if he wanted to come to MSU because he just hated Michigan that much. I don't know if he wanted to come here because his brother wanted to come here and they wanted to play together. I don't know why he wanted to come here, but anytime you can get a player, and we'll talk about this big time with the defensive backs, anytime you can get a player from a Power 5 conference, uh, like a school like Michigan, to me, I don't care what he did. I don't care how much or little he played. If you're getting called, you're getting called by Jim Harbaugh and he's like, hey, come play at Michigan. You got to be at least a decent football player. We bring him in. Quaverius Crouch, people seem to forget. We brought him in from Tennessee, stud linebacker. People seem to forget that that dude, his recruiting, whatever you want to call it, saga, was a huge fucking deal. People seem to forget he was the 61st overall player in his class. People seem to forget every school in the country wanted that kid. He decided to come to Michigan State. Like, he should be on paper. Antoine Simmons, awesome. Loved him. Joe Bocci, one of my favorites ever. The Bullas, all of them, great. Quavarius Crouch, of all the great linebackers State's had in the last, like, five, eight, ten years, Crouch should be the best of all of them. He has the most talent, the fucking frame on that guy. That dude looks like King Kong wearing a football helmet. I mean, he is an absolute monster. That guy should be the best defensive player in any given game. He should be one of the best linebackers in the conference. We bring him in. Now we move to the secondary. Xavier Henderson's coming back. Um, Like I said earlier, I've loved him since his first day on campus. Angelo Gross, another kid who was a freshman last year who started to make plays, and it was like, who is this 15 guy? He's just shooting out of a cannon cutting dudes down at the knees. He's making plays left and right. He's a freshman. He's coming back. Kalen Gervin, Cast Tech, four-star kid. I think this is either his third or fourth year, so he's a wily vet. And then you bring in a cornerback, Ronald Williams from Alabama. Yes, please. Yes, please. I mean, that is what I'm talking about with the Michigan thing to the nth degree. You got a cornerback from Alabama that wants to come to state? Yeah. Like, I expect Ronald Williams to be a day-one starter and a day-one difference maker. Shaq Brown was sick last year. He was an absolute dog. Kept us in, slash won a lot of games for MSU. Very underrated player, I think, nationally. Ronald Williams should blow him out of the water. Ronald Williams should come in and be a stud from day one. Xavier Henderson should be a stud this year. Chester Kimbrough, cornerback, Florida. Yeah, SEC country cornerback, bring him to state. Like all these guys, all these weaknesses. Oh man, we had three corners transfer out. These guys are transferring to like Western Kentucky, Cincinnati. Yeah, we'll replace them with guys from Florida and Alabama. How's that sound? There's no reason that this team shouldn't win more than four games. If you extrapolate what they did last year, they'd be four and eight. And this team got far, far better from the transfer additions alone. And then you think about the freshmen, the sophomores, hopefully getting stronger, getting bigger, taking another step. And then whatever freshmen come in this year, that gives some time. Malgo, I fucking can't say his name. The Polynesian linebacker that we flipped from USC, high four-star. Like, he should get some run. He should be. He should play a bit. I don't see why not. There's a lot to be excited about. So let's let's run through the schedule. I... I, I am trying not to be too Homer about it. Obviously I have a Michigan state bias. Like you're never going to take that out of me, but I just don't see it. I, before we get into it, the over under on the total wins for state this year is five and a half on FanDuel. I don't see how that number isn't over. I, I can't see a world 
in which state doesn't win six or more games. Like I said, people are saying, oh, MSU going to be in a worse, second worst, at best, third worst in the Big Ten East. I don't really know about that. I don't know about that. I think a lot of people, I don't know if they weren't paying attention to what Mel did in the offseason or I don't know. They just don't trust me. I don't know what it is. But there's no shot that this team doesn't doesn't win over five and a half. They've gotten so much better. I don't know, like everybody's personnel moves in the conference, but I don't think there's a team that's improved more this offseason than MSU did. In a full season, they would have won four last year. So I think the over five and a half is absolutely free money. I've said it. I wouldn't be surprised if this team won seven, eight games. I think eight's the best case scenario, but if they did it, I wouldn't be totally shocked. So let's start week one this Friday in Evanston, Illinois night game. I hope that place is buzzing. I'm just not because I want our boys to be phased by some some noise. I just want an electric college football atmosphere. I know it's Northwestern, so I'm not, I'm not really, you know, this isn't a whiteout game at Penn State, but we got Northwestern. Good team. Always a good team. And they got revenge. Beat them last year, like I said, top 10. Always a solid team. I feel like they play defense pretty well. Their quarterback play is always decent, at least. They always run the ball, it feels like. This is one of those games where everybody in the national media, this, that, they're saying, oh, Northwestern's beating MSU week one. Are you kidding me? And I look at it and I go, why, though? Like, why? Why is it that a foregone conclusion? I think MS, I mean, we beat them last year and MSU got so much better. If they get decent quarterback play, that's the thing. If state gets decent quarterback play this year, they're winning eight games. They're winning seven for sure. If they get decent quarterback play, I look at Northwestern, Northwestern's going to be a solid squad. I don't see what it is though, that separates them from MSU. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a classic big 10 game. Like the final will be like 20 to 14 or something. Probably going to be sloppy probably a lot of punts. I think it's going to be a good game, but this is a game. I think MSU should win. I think they absolutely could win. Um, and I think they will win. I think there's a new energy, like I've been saying, and everyone's been saying the vibe around the team this year is sky high. Everybody's feeling it. What a way to start off the year than to go to Chicago, beat Northwestern, start off one and a beat a formidable big 10 opponent and a night game. Opening weekend, start 1-0. You got Youngstown State next weekend. Youngstown State, dub. I mean, I don't know shit about them other than their mascots, the Penguins. It's Youngstown to Youngstown State, dub. 2-0. Miami weekend. Um, I'm going to Miami for this game. I will be doing the canes down. I will be in people's faces. I will be telling them how much I actually don't like Cuban sandwiches, even though I love them. They don't need to know that, though. This is, I think, the first loss. Dorit King, what scares me, I mean, any team, no matter how good or bad or anything state is, you play a team with a quarterback like Dorit King who is athletic as fuck and can throw the ball, like, just very good, pretty much. Yeah, you play a team with a very good quarterback, but especially a dual threat. Mm, that scares me. I don't know what Miami's defense is like. I feel like the last few years Miami's been good, though. Um, and I think Tariq King's just too much. Like he's going to make too many plays, running, scrambling, play breaks down. He gets out of the pocket, chucks it. I think he's just going to be too much with the legs. I think State probably loses that game. Two and one, North Nebraska. 
niche, man. The only Big Ten coach that might be on a hotter seat than Jim Harbaugh is Scott Frost. They just got, uh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but not a great loss for Nebraska this past week at Illinois. They look fucking terrible. I don't understand how they are so bad, but they are. This is another game MSU should win. MSU should win. This is a game not only should MSU win, but this is a game I think MSU is going to be picked in by most people. Three and one. Western Kentucky, same thing as Youngstown State. I mean, it's homecoming, night game in East Lansing, Mel Tucker. They're probably going to do some cool shit with the jerseys, hopefully with the crowd, maybe stripe the stadium. Western Kentucky doesn't stand in a fucking chance. They're going to get their doors blown off. Four and one. And this may, like, you're probably thinking right now, oh my God. Four and one. That seems optimistic. And it is. I mean, the Northwestern game, I think could go either way. I wouldn't like if they lose that, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but I'm an optimist. Why not? Like I said, by the time each of these weeks roll around, even Ohio state, I'm going to be going into that game. Like, why not? Fuck these guys. Why not us? Rutgers week six. So states four and one at this point in Piscataway, obviously the Rutgers game last year was a just bad Bad way to start the Mel Tucker era. Fumbled it like 20 times, threw a couple picks in there. It was so fucking bad. I think what MSU did this year is what Rutgers did last year. Just bring in a, a band of mercenaries via the tra- or, uh, transfer window. I, I think this one may be another toss-up. I think, you know, it's Michigan State versus Rutgers. We're Michigan State. You're Rutgers. We should win that game. I've long subscribed to that theory of like, You just don't lose to teams like Rutgers. You don't do it. We're Michigan State. They're Rutgers. They're a joke. We're the real fucking deal. Win the game. I don't know. Rutgers was good last year. This is another one. I don't know how much Rutgers improved. They were a solid squad last year, though. Their QB play was nice. I think this will be another toss-up. I really do. Um, Again, I think MSU should win the game. They'll absolutely be capable of winning the game. Injuries come into play, things like that. I think MSU should win this game, though. Fuck Rutgers, dude. MSU squad. I, I'm just bullish on the team, especially if the quarterback plays coming along. I think they should beat this Rutgers team. Five and one. Indiana, I think this is a loss. Indiana's sick. Michael Penix Jr. is coming back again. That dude is nasty. I remember him as a freshman, whatever, two, three years ago, and instantly being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. Who is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? He's nasty. That's probably an L. I always, Indiana also, I feel like MSU just has trouble with. I don't know. Even under D'Antonio, we just had trouble with them. They do those quick little like flash screens every play as their offense, and State never seems to have an answer for it, which drives me nuts, but it is what it is. Um, I think MSU probably loses that game. So 5-2, and two, Michigan at Michigan State, Halloween weekend. I'm praying MSU will be 5-2 and two by my <laughs> by my calculations at this point. Hopefully Michigan's good. Hopefully they get game day. Uh, Michigan stinks. Michigan State doesn't. Mel Tucker's a great coach. Jim Harbaugh isn't. We embarrassed them last year. Let's win one on the home turf. Mel Tucker's not going to lose to Michigan. There's no chance. I don't care what you say, what you're thinking about, what you think about this while you're listening. I'm never picking against State in this game. State's going to win. State will win this game. Michigan's offense is going to have no answers for Quavarius Crouch and the defense. Peyton Thorne's going to throw for 400 yards. Um, State wins that game. Sorry. 
six and two. Purdue on the road. Purdue stinks seven and two. Maryland comes to town. They also fucking stink. Purdue, Maryland, I would say this back-to-back little stretch, not much of a stretch, is back-to-back. Purdue, Maryland, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those games is an upset just because, like, you, you play Michigan or you play Indiana, you play Michigan, tough team, tough team. Then Purdue, Maryland, it's kind of like a, ah, all right, like a lull in the schedule. Let's All right, we can take it easy. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those games is an upset. I think State should win both of them. I'm going to count them as winning both of them. Dub, dub. Eight and two. But then we got Ohio State. That's a loss. Um, and then Penn State comes to town. I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I think Penn State's loaded again. They've been recruiting super well the entire time James Franklin's been there too. I would imagine. I know they weren't great last year either, but I imagine they're just fucking reloaded. The shelves are restocked. Again, same, same the way that Indiana, I think, always plays state well. I think state always plays Penn State well. Like, even last year, I they were kind of shit, but we were absolute shit. Played them pretty well. Wouldn't be surprised, again, another one. Wouldn't be surprised if state pulled off the upset. But, you know, probably should lose that game, which brings us to 8-4, and four, bowl game, 9-4. and four. Hell of a season in year two for Mel Tucker. Brings in a top 15 class that following year. And then we win 10 games the year after that. Boom. There it is. There it is. Um, so I have I have high hopes, obviously. I think six and six, like I said, that Northwestern game could go either way. Maybe that's seven and five. Um, maybe you lose one in there, Purdue, Maryland, you drop one of those, just kind of a stinker. Six and six. Like it easily could go that way. But if they play like they should, if they play up to their abilities. If these transfers and some of these names and what we're hearing live up to the hype, I don't see why eight and four shouldn't be attainable. I mean, I just read a quote from Harlan Barnett, the uh, secondaries coach or corners or one of them. He was like, yeah, um, our, our secondary this year is miles ahead of our secondary last year. I didn't, I know the secondary wasn't good last year. Shaq Brown was the other guys weren't great, but I didn't think the secondary was terrible. And he's saying we're miles ahead. Ha, I think the defensive line's going to be a lot better with guys like Drew Jordan. Panashuk's going to be back this year. People forget he didn't play last year. Um, Tank Brown is a absolute menace. He's going to be there. I think the pass rush will be better. I think the linebacking core will be better. Secondary is definitely going to be better. O-line should be better. Wideouts should be better. Quarterback play should be better. I don't see how they don't improve upon four and eight. I really don't. And when you look across the board, who they got compared to some of these other teams, yeah, maybe Northwestern matches up with them. Miami does. Michigan, Indiana, Penn State, Ohio State. Other than that, it's like State's got the goods. State's got the goods. And State's got the goods. Those teams, it's they're matched up. State's got the goods to go against them. State's got the goods to win that game. Like, if they're winning some of those games last year, they're beating Michigan last year, they're beating Northwestern last year, they damn well should beat them this year. We got we got better more exponentially than either of those teams did. I would be willing to bet my life on that. Nobody, certainly in the Big Ten, nobody in the country had an offseason like Mel Tucker did as far as stocking the shelves with talent. Last thing I want to touch on before uh, before we call it a day today the quarterback, the quarterback uh, 
controversy. I mean, it's not a controversy, but the quarterback situation at MSU. Anthony Russo, the grad transfer from Temple. Peyton Thorne, sophomore, played a bit last year. At the end of the year, played against Ohio State. Played against Northwestern. It's funny. As much as I bagged on Rocky, he played in the game against Northwestern. He beat that top 10 team. He played at the big house against Michigan. He And he had a great fucking game. He beat Michigan. I think Peyton Thorne, that's who I want. You look at Anthony Russo and you look at his weaknesses and the kryptonites and what's working against them and it's interceptions and it's like, ah, that's not good. You look at some of the plays on his tape, some of the bad plays, and it's like not even 50-50 balls. It's like, what the fuck are you doing there, guy? You threw it right to the linebacker. Your throw is off by four yards and it went right into the safety's belly. Like that alarms me. He doesn't have any upside to where it's all right. Maybe we'll look overlook the occasional interception because he makes plays with his legs because he's got a howitzer. He doesn't really have that thing that makes you say, all right, we can live with the interceptions. Peyton Thorne, again, definitely doesn't have the experience. Definitely doesn't have the sample size as Russo. Didn't win in the two games he played in last year, but you look at some of the plays he made. He made some throws. The the offense was humming along in that in that Penn State game. And again, Peyton Thorne was a freshman last year. COVID. There's no camp. Like, how tough was it for him to learn the playbook? When Peyton Thorne was in there, are they just like are they reduced to calling like 10 different plays, right? Like how vanilla did Jay Johnson have to get? How much were they like, ah, we don't, third and eight, let's just run a screen. We don't want to do too much. Like, how much of that was going on? I think you put Peyton Thorne in there. He's got three years or two more years of eligibility after this year. You put him in there, no holds barred. You take the horse off the leash, and you let him run wild like the Mustang that he is. What I loved about Thorne this year or this past year was he he had some moments throwing the ball but the, the plays he can make with his feet. And he did throw a pick. He did throw a pick against Penn State. He can make plays with his feet. He's fucking quick. He's fucking quick. You can run the quarterback runs with him, the design run. He's speedy. If there's a crack of daylight, he's through there, and he can outrun people. He had that run against Ohio State. They got fucking walloped by like 40, but he had a run against them. It was like a QB read. He kept it and ran for like 50 yards. He looked quick. I also like him for his escapability, which you know ties into the athleticism. I think he's good at feeling pressure and getting out of there. The, the legs that he has, the athleticism he has, allows him to do it. I just rewatched the Penn State game, not the whole game, but the highlights today because I was bored. He has a few real nice throws on the run that are right on the money. Um, I really like Peyton Thorne. And, and, and above all else, my take is if they're even, like if you really can't decide, they're both neck and neck. Give it to Thorne. Give it to the guy who's got two more years. Let this be Peyton Thorne's first year. Like, you don't need Peyton Thorne to go in there and beat Connor Cook and win 10 games. You need Peyton Thorne to go in there, do the best he can, which I think the best he can do is pretty fucking good based off the little bit of tape we saw last year. And you need him to get comfortable. You need him to learn. You need him to get acclimated. So then junior year, so then his senior year, when Mel Tucker's got nothing but Mel Tucker guys, when you've had these recruiting classes kind of come to fruition, when the roster around Peyton Thorne is a little bit more stacked, when he's had four years with the playbook, all of a sudden then – it's like, all right, Peyton, 
we're fucking going to Indy this year. Like it's fucking go time, baby. And he's not like, oh man, this is only, this is the first year I've ever started. Like this is the fourth game I've played and you can't have that. Russo, if Russo is the guy, then he's the guy. Like I'm not anti-Russo. If Russo's the better player, then play Anthony Russo. But if it's come this far and they haven't made a decision, I refuse to believe, and I think fairly, I refuse to believe that it isn't just neck and neck. And if that's the case, let Peyton Thorne get used to it. You got two more years of him. Investing in Peyton Thorne now, A, I think two just gives you the better chance to win. I think he's the better player. But B, you're only going to win six, seven, eight games this year anyway. Peyton Thorne now is going to help Peyton Thorne next year and the year after that when you're actually like you need you need elite quarterback play when you're actually trying to win 10 11 games when you're trying to beat Ohio State when you have the guys around Peyton Thorne to beat Ohio State that's just my two cents either way I'll be excited I mean again like I'd be fine with Anthony Russo whoever they think is better go with them but if you are if Mel Tucker when he closes his eyes at night sits there and is like god damn it I truly can't decide if they are going to flip a coin Friday morning to choose then go with the younger guy. Go with the guy who's got experience. We saw it with Connor Cook. They left Andrew Maxwell. They went with Connor Cook. Paid dividends. By the time Connor Cook was a senior, they won the Big Ten Championship and won the college football playoff. And you got to think some part of that was because the dude had played in 30-something games to that point. When they're in the shoot, I mean, he didn't play in that game. When they're at the big house with 120,000 screaming people, Connor Cook's been there. When they're in the Big Ten Championship, deadlocked against Iowa, they got one drive to win the Big Ten Championship. Connor Cook's been there. I think that's the route you go. You play Peyton Thorne. You invest in him now. And God forbid he gets hurt. You got Anthony Russo. That's just my two cents. We'll see. I'll be happy either way Friday. I'm so fucking jacked up that college football's back. I can't wait to watch MSU go green to all my Spartan dogs out there. Hope you have a absolute time this Friday night. That's all I got today on Twitter at the Detroiter, Instagram at the Detroiter, um, and the Detroiter show at gmail.com. If you got questions, whatever segments, whatever you want me to talk about, let me know. Appreciate everybody who listens. Appreciate everybody who's been spreading the word and supporting really does mean a lot. Go green. And I will talk to you guys next week. 